Welcome to the Midnight Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Ethan Bennett, alongside my fellow co-host, Tyler Sinden. We are both entrepreneurs who are learning, growing, and building our own businesses. And our goal is to share our experiences and knowledge to help you grow and become a successful entrepreneur. Strap in. Before we get started, if you have any questions or things you'd like us to cover, you can email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. And if you'd like to join our business discord where we talk about wins, business problems, or general questions, shoot us a message and we will get you in there. Tyler, how is it going over there making a goddamn ruckus? (laughs) Can you hear that? Yes, I I can hear that. I hope my mic can't pick it up too much, but it's going pretty good, man. How are you doing? Good. My ears were definitely picking it up. I'll tell you that. So I, was, I, I, I practiced too. I was like, I'm going to nail this discord section at the beginning of the episode. And I had it rocking and rolling. And I heard you playing the goddamn <laughs> bull drums. And here we are. Man, I, I, I didn't finish my dinner. So I'm trying to get the last bits in here because I intermittent fast and my window's closing. And I like to try and be as strict as possible with it. <laughs> my window's closing. Window's closing. Is it at six o'clock your time? It closes. Yes, it does. There you go. We have four, 16 minutes. 16 minutes. You're going to be sucking it down in the middle of the podcast. So <laughs> if you guys hear... i as quiet as possible if I, if I do. If you guys hear any munching going on this episode, you know who it is. <laughs> uh, Tyler, uh, what's new in the, in the world of you in the last week or so? Yeah, I it wasn't an impulse buy, but I almost did impulse buy it uh, two weeks ago. But I did end up signing up for the Edmonton Marathon. So I'll be doing that this summer. I was looking at a, my time frame was July, August. And there was two <clears throat> marathons that I saw within the time frame. One was in Alaska. One was in Edmonton. Flights to Alaska were about over $1,000. So I was like, okay, we'll just do Edmonton. <laughs> so ended up signing up for the Edmonton Marathon. And the training for that basically officially started, quote unquote, officially started this week. Just because I've I've been running fairly consistently daily, it's just now it's like okay now I got to actually prepare for a marathon and then I found like some training online I was just gonna try and make it up myself but I found some some training online that I'll probably end up following so just started that and you got your tickets and everything for that flights yeah yeah everything's booked it's gonna be a quick trip so I fly in Friday morning I think it's. Is Edmonton mountain Sus- time or central? Uh, it's mountain time. Mountain I time, so two hours behind. So I'll I'll be getting there Friday morning. Race is Saturday morning. I think it starts at seven, and then I'm flying out Saturday or Sunday. I I probably could have flew out sa- Saturday, but I'm flying out Sunday. So yeah, it's it's gonna be a in and out kind of trip, and I never been to Edmonton, so kind of excited about that. When so all by uh, myself. When did you say it was again? August twentieth. August 20th. Maybe yeah, I'll, I'll make the day. trek up to Edmonton. I've never been to Edmonton either. I'd love that. I'd, I'd love to have some people up there to cheer me on. So, Oh, I yeah, wouldn't cheer you on. I'd, I'd, oh, search or, I'd look around Edmonton and then you could text me and you're done. But. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the time frame that I'll be finishing at and you can wait there for like 15 minutes. And I, I, I'm assuming I'll get I'll get pretty close to my time frame that I finish. But yeah, man, if you if you come up there, that'd be much appreciated. I got a hotel. We'll be chilling. Yeah, seven. So it starts at seven. So you'd probably finish. It takes three and a half, four hours, four and a half hours around there. Three and a half. I'm, I'm guessing it'll be around three and a half. I want to break three and a half. So yeah, it'll be about 1030. It'll be done. 1030. And then you just got the whole rest of the day to let those legs catch up to you. 
yeah, I'm going to be limping around the city. <laughs> Maybe I'll get those scooters. Just there you go, the old birds. Um, yeah. Outside of outside of the uh, personal marathon you're running, uh, business updates, got any business updates for us? Yeah, so going slow and steady with everything. I My fucking beats died the other day, and these beats that I bought for the reward that I talked about on the other podcast episode that it's just staring at me it's like now i actually don't have any headphones to listen to when i work out and it's like fuck i just need to get my first sale but i'm trying to take it slow and easy and do it properly and not force anything in there so one thing that i am currently working on is my ebook and that's the one thing that i did want to have before started sending people to the website so got the rough draft finished actually this morning read through it and now we're just going to be uploading it into Canva, making it look a little pretty. And yeah, and then figuring out some email software to for follow-up emails and creating workflows. I asked the business group Discord uh, some different, different options there. Got some good feedback, so I'll be looking into that. So yeah, that's basically what I've been doing on the business side. Actually... Was that this morning? No, that was yesterday. Yesterday, I actually did some Nuevo stuff. I sent out an email, got a couple social posts scheduled. It's Nuevo has been uh, on the back burner quite a bit. So uh, got got some progress a little bit there because it's just not moving right now. So it's, <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like I just got too much stuff going on at the same time. So I did get a little bit of stuff in for Nuevo. So that was good. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, about it right now for me. Slow and steady, you know. You got to focus yeah. on focus on the task at hand. Right now, you're going hard with uh, new frame, which I think is good. Um, and you'll you'll get to Nuevo when you get to Nuevo. I like I like Alex's Alex Ramosi's quote. It's get rich for sure versus get get rich quick, and just changing your mindset. So, trying to take the for sure pr- approach and do everything properly, make sure everything's good. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing. So, what's going on with you, man? Cool. No, good. Uh, good. Thanks for the updates. As far as that goes, on your end, as far as my end goes, a uh, couple more, couple more jobs that arose, couple more discovery calls, which is good. Um, a, a, a lead that I had or a an advertising agency that I worked with here about a month and a half, two months ago has thrown my hat in the ring for North Dakota state fair, which is uh, the biggest fair uh, generally in the Midwest. So that's kind of cool. Sent out that proposal the other day. And then a, another job that came from a shoot that was at the location. So we went to this college for a different client and then the college lady that runs all of the videos for the college wants to shoot some stuff. Uh, so got in contact with her and we have a strategy call at the end of the month. She's gone right now. Um, and yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of a big update right now. Did I talk about on the last episode? I always get mixed up if we talk about this on our masterminds or the podcast, but the, uh, Pennsylvania guy, Okay. Did I talk about the job though, as far as that goes on the podcast? Yeah, you did. Okay. You so did. no, no updates there. I sent out the proposal, um, and followed up with the guy yesterday. I believe I sent him an email yesterday and if I don't hear back, I'll give him a call on Friday. Um, but excited to hear back on that one. Hopefully fingers crossed that they, they want to move forward with that. But that one I think is going to be a little bit more difficult to close just because him speaking with two local companies compared to speaking with me out in North Dakota. A little bit harder to to close that deal, but fingers crossed. I'm looking forward to that project too, because hopefully you can get it. Because I know you you mentioned that you would bring me on that, and that would be. I don't know 
the time frame of it, but it would potentially be one of New Frame's first projects. So that would be pretty exciting. Yeah, and then you can use those new beats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. That's you're, what like, I'm, <laughs> you're like, please close it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what, that's really what I'm hoping for. So yeah, yeah that's, no. that's really exciting. Hopefully you can get that one. Yeah, things are things are going good. Um got a got a trip coming up here in a couple of weeks heading to Vegas, so it's going to be nice uh to have a little vacation time. Uh in the next we're filming this on Tuesday in the next 1 2 3 4 5 plus 5 10 days. I think I have eight shoots. So a little stressed, uh, a lot of stuff in the works, but can't complain. Can't complain about that at all. So would you say this is somewhat like deadlines for you. That's why you have so many shoots in because you're like, I'm going away for Vegas. So that's why I have so much, so many projects in. I think it, it doesn't hurt, but it doesn't help that that whole week is blocked off that I can't do anything. I can't shoot any projects because I will be in Vegas, but yeah, I mean, a lot of these projects came up and they have deadlines that they need shot by whatever date it is. And these are the only dates I had available. So we crammed everything in uh, and now it's just shooting everything. And then the editing, when I get back from Vegas, I assume is going to make me want to vomit everywhere. Um, but that's how it goes. So I, so I do want to bring up one thing on that because you do, I do know something that the listeners might not know, but one thing that I noticed when I was on the road trip is the, my most busy days were my last few days because I'm trying to cram everything in. It's like, oh, hey, I'm leaving and I'm leaving tomorrow. So do you want to meet up? And then it's like, so I'm trying to like meet up with all these people. And it's like that strict deadline. When that deadline's there, it's like you're forcing everything in there. So that's what I, that's why I asked it. And just to see if that's why you were so busy with those dates because you got that coming up. But one thing that I know is you messaged someone the other day on our mastermind call if they would be, if they would edit edit for you. So I don't know if that, how's that, how that's going or if that's, is that on here? No, doesn't look like it's on here. So any yeah, news on that? Not an update. I have a call with the guy actually tomorrow. I was supposed to talk to him today, but I want to wait because I have a meeting in the morning of a couple more projects that I might be able to push to him. So I'm just pushing it off until tomorrow and I can give him more information on editing. The only thing I know I need a full-time editor. I'd love to just pull the trigger and say, okay, here's $50,000 work for me. But it is scary to do, uh, but hopefully I can bring him on an, a couple projects. I think I'm going to post on Upwork, a part-time editor position that's, you know, a set amount per month. I don't know what that looks like, but going to go that direction. Hopefully this guy's edits are really good, but that's the biggest hurdle I'm trying to get over right now is are these people's edits going to be what I want them to be? I think that's the biggest thing playing perfect. psychological Never going to be perfect, man. I know, but it doesn't even have to be perfect. It's just like, I want it to be passable where I've had an experience with a couple other people where it's like, okay, this is something I have to completely re-edit. If there's something where I can give it to them and I just have to give them a couple things like, Hey, let's just switch this, that, the other thing. And we're good. Then awesome. I'm, I'm all for it. But yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes. I think this is the best lead as far as editing that I've had so far. So can update more on that next week. Have you looked much into Upwork yet? Like the process, do you got to pay for it? How does it work? Or is it just something that you, it's on your radar? I don't think it's uh, something you have to pay for. You're pretty much just a job posting and then people can, uh, you know, put in their bid for it, I guess you could say, uh, and then go from there. But 
yeah, I haven't looked a ton into it. I just, I just know that that's a, I've heard from the VBA that I'm in that a lot of people use Upwork for that kind of thing. I think I got that confused with like Indeed. I think, isn't Upwork similar to Fiverr? Yeah, it is. Oh, but okay. it's just, for, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. for like bigger projects where Fiverr is more okay. like super run and gun. I think Upwork's for like long-term people, um, remote workers, that kind of thing. Mm, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, I've never, I've never used that. I, I tried out Fiverr, but <laughs> I, it was like a little 30 day YouTube challenge that I did back in the day when I was making videos. I created like my page and everything. Yeah. I, I, I didn't get anyone contact me. <laughs> yeah. I use Fiverr all the time for like, like paying people on Fiverr uh, for voiceovers. Mm-hmm. So I like the oh. platform. It's just hard to uh, do one-off projects on there. Cause you never really know unless you find someone on there that you really like. So Makes sense. Uh, let's pivot into this week's news story. I know on our news story, we have uh, Apple releasing their new virtual augmented reality glasses, but I think we can kind of talk about Apple's new release in general with kind of all their products. Cause I know I sent you a video today. Uh, there's a lot of new features on iMessage uh, that are pretty cool. I don't know if you saw that video. I didn't see that. What, do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So, see that one. so part of it is um, you. there's now filters. You, so when you're searching for something in your messages, if I type in Tyler Sinden, I can now type in uh, Tyler Sinden and then the key phrase that I'm looking for. So I don't know if you've had this happen to you, but a lot of times I'll search for something in my messages and it won't find it. So I think just the search capabilities are a lot better now. You can also leave uh, messages on FaceTime now. So if someone doesn't answer your FaceTime, you can leave a video message. Uh, And then there are a couple more features. It makes it easier to reply to chats in the text messages. Uh, You can just swipe over instead of holding down and hitting reply. And then uh, there's also a last scene for group chats in the top right part of the uh, messages. You can hit a little arrow and it shoots up to the part that you haven't seen yet. So New features. I saw a comment on there that was pretty funny that said Apple's finally uh, adding features that make it worth the price tag. And it made me laugh. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for iOS 17, I think it is. And obviously the biggest thing is those virtual reality glasses, $3,500. And basically it's a computer on your face where the whole monitor is like you are looking around <laughs> the room. That's kind of how I took it. Is that kind of how you took it, Tyler? Yeah, it's not very subtle at all. It doesn't seem like something that you're going to be walking around. Actually, I don't think you can because it's got to be plugged in. So it's not at the point where you're going to be walking around and it's just going to look like everyday glasses and you're just going to be got your little heads up display like uh, what's his name? Tony Stark has. So we aren't quite there yet, but from the video that I sent you and just seeing like different videos around it, it's pretty crazy. But at the same time, what I what I think about is Mark Zuckerberg and Meta. They made like a whole whole division for virtual reality, and all I really know is it failed. It failed miserably. So this is extremely similar to that, where it's just you're just kind of getting taken away out of the real world. It it just kind of sucks. And I I thought it was pretty cool how you saw like one person, she was like in a meeting and it's like, you got the glasses on and then it looks like, but now that I'm thinking about it, if you got like the goggles on, how is it projecting the other people without the goggles on? I don't know. What do you mean? Like the people that are in the room? 
Yeah, so like in the virtual room, because did, remember the one where I don't I don't know if like the other people would be on Zoom instead, but uh, she was in a meeting. She was just like standing there, and then it had like the two other people, and they were just there, and I don't know because yeah, yeah, I'm not sure uh, exactly how that works. I don't know if I saw that clip, but I know that they're semi see through. So even if it's popping up and on screen is let's say my desktop, uh, it also has see-through capabilities where if there's my kid is running in the room, I don't have a kid, but if a kid is running across uh, the living room, I can see him behind the desktop. So it's not completely blocked out from the everyday world. Uh, There are capabilities to see both. Doesn't it like have a feature where it shows if they, if like their eyes, it'll like disappear. If, if they can't see you, it'll, it'll have like a mode where when they can't see in front, It'll have like some some image on it, whereas when they can see in front, it'll be like translucent and you can see it and it's kind of creepy. I'm not even sure, to be honest with you. I didn't look at it a ton. Uh, I know there's a bunch of videos out there about it, but every single release, whether it's camera gear or Apple products or whatever it is, there's just a th- floods the Internet with videos. So I don't watch a ton into it. Honestly, just read this article and then scroll through Twitter a little bit. But I think it's a little bit far out there. I don't think we're at that point mm-hmm. yet where we're going to be using this on an everyday basis. But it is cool to see where the future might be headed. Yeah, what I read one in one book, the guy really talked about this in virtual reality, augmented reality, but it was more so augmented. And if it gets to the point, which I'm assuming it will eventually, where we're able to have it in everyday glasses, where it, you can't tell the difference with, say, the glasses that you're currently wearing, you can't tell the difference that it's uh, these smart glasses are not. And then it's like augmented reality everywhere. So you're just walking around the city. Say you got Google Maps up and it's just on the road. There's an arrow. It's like turn right here. And then it's just you're walking or whatever it is. And maybe you're in a grocery store. You're in a grocery store and you got your, maybe you got on the left side, you got your grocery list over there and then it goes through and then it's like picks like the, the optimal route to get to every single product and it brings you directly to each product. It's like here, so you're not even needing to search for it. So it's like, oh, I need brown rice. And then it brings you to the aisle with brown rice, brings you right to the location. Oh, I need chicken, brings you right to chicken. It shows you exactly where chicken's at. So I think that's just some of the cool features that once it gets to the point where it's just, it looks like everyday glasses, then it's like, okay. But I I don't like the virtual part because it's taken away the human interaction and human aspect of everything. And I think that's huge. Yeah. I think if what you just explained, if it gets to that point one day, I'd a hundred percent be on board. You know, if I can do that where I'm driving with my glasses, cause I'm an everyday glasses wear. And Mm -hmm. if I can, have just Google Maps or Apple Maps on. It wouldn't be Google Maps. If I could have <laughs> Apple Maps on my glasses I use and, Google just, Maps. and it just tells me where to turn right, uh, that's way better than having to look down at my screen or punch it in my phone, whatever it might be. Or like you said, a, a, a grocery list on the side. Or even if I open my fridge and it tells me, you know, you're low on cheese, whatever it is. Um, once it gets to the point of being like that, I think it's awesome. But right now, if I have to put on a whole space shuttle helmet, uh, <laughs> Not something that I think I'm going to be using. I think it's more so for working right now. I don't think it's for everyday life like that. I think it's more so like a computer monitor built into your face. 
Yeah, I, I, I would say working movies, games right now is where it's probably at. Like, yeah. Like even, well, like at the same time, it was it was saying like, you don't need anything. So it's just like, and I, I had this idea so long ago. I was like, what if you didn't need a keyboard? What if you didn't need a mouse? And it just like, I don't, I never like could conf- like figure out in my mind how it would work and like know where everything is. But like, that's what they were saying in the, in some of the videos where you don't need a keyboard, you don't need a mouse. It just picks up where your hands are and it just, it, it knows like, say there's like an, a virtual keyboard there and it just picks up your movements. And it's like, man, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, if I can just start like going like this, yes, I would like to go to the mall. That'd be crazy. Right? Like you don't need a keyboard. You don't need a mouse. You don't need a laptop. You don't need a desktop anymore. All you need are these glasses and then everything's in the palm of your hands at that point. So everything's I think that's on the crazy. bridge of your nose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it gets to the point where my glasses like this are able to do that, where I can throw them on, sit on the couch and work, that would be <laughs> that would be fucking nuts. And then you got maybe on the one side you got like uh maybe I know you like the twins. Maybe you got the twins game on on the one side and then you got editing. <laughs> Your eyes are just like both looking sideways. <laughs> I take them off and it's just like hey, hey guys. Yeah, I'd never go into real meeting again. But yeah, super cool what Apple's coming out with. I'm excited to see how this transforms in the next 5 years. Um I think it's only going to get better from here and as long as they're not taking over the world. I think we're good to go. <laughs> oh, they're definitely taking over the world. <laughs> Just don't do it too <laughs> quickly. Uh, let's get into this week's topic. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about onboarding. Tyler, this topic came up in a conversation we had. You asked me if you know I onboard uh, my clients and what that process looks like. And we decided that it would be a great podcast topic. So that's what we're talking about this week. Onboarding clients and customers and patients and whoever else you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I was listening to something and then they were given an example of a digital marketing firm. It's and that's the route that I'm going to be going. And then I, it, it, what he said, I just didn't even think about that stuff. And I was like, oh shit, that's like an extra layer that I'm going to have to plan for and eliminate any of the onboarding process and the onboarding struggles that happen because. If I want to do ads for someone, I'm going to need their Google ad account. I'm going to need their Google analytics. I'm going to need all these different accounts just to make sure that I'm able to do it. And then, so it's coming up with a process to be able to onboard someone. And then that was one. So it was Alex from Ozzy and he was just talking about the time delay from what, from the perceived likelihood of X or whatever it is. So it's like, how long till I can actually get my Google ads up? And then once I get my Google ads up, how long can I expect to get leads? So it's like having a good onboarding process that makes that as seamless and smooth as possible and as quick as possible is fairly key, I would say. So that's, I was actually thinking on my run this morning about it and how I can go about it. So yeah, I think it's a crucial aspect. Yeah, because people like speed. I mean, that's what sucks about the video world is if I get a client, it takes a little bit in the pre-production process. The onboarding might be quick, uh, but the pre-production process of getting everything done and then we have to shoot everything and then edit everything, the time from their first contact to the time they actually get to use these videos might be kind of mm-hmm. long. So I think speed is definitely a benefit if you can get that to them set up as quickly as possible. It's definitely a game changer and sets you apart. But yeah, I mean, as far as the onboarding process goes, really what we're talking about is 
what is the process of taking your client from they've never talked to you or your business to now they decide to work with you and the process of working with you is now in full effect in motion. Uh, what does that process look like? That's kind of what we're talking about today with the onboarding. Yeah. And what I was thinking about how I could do it on my run this morning is basically maybe have like a Word doc or an Excel file. And then it's like, these are everything that I need. And then I can, I can like duplicate it. And then I can also create like links to different videos on how to do it. So that's what I was thinking about. Like, I think you use frame.io. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. and then I could just make like videos, post it there. I just, I, I, I wouldn't really want it somewhere where you could like see the amount of views the video has, but yeah. Yeah. And honestly, what I would recommend for you, I mean, we're going to get into it now as far as the onboarding process goes, but I use Asana now to keep track of all that. I know you mentioned like mm -hmm. creating a Word doc, but in Asana, you can create like step-by-step -step processes. So if you just create something on uh, the side, one of your projects on the side and just put new frame clients, uh, you can then create, type in the new task, which is client XYZ, client ABC, and then have a drop-down box of whatever step they're in and just put the date you need to accomplish that. So it could be, you know, send welcome email and we're going to get into it because that's kind of what mine is, but you can set that up in Asana on the back end for you because I know you've been uh, using Asana. So are you saying create the Asana board and that board gets shared with the client? Do you do that? No. So I'm just using it internally. So when I get a new client... What do you think of doing that though? That, that was an interesting thought because that's what you sparked me to have that idea. Yeah. The only, I'd have to look into, uh, I know you have to pay for users. So if you can use uh, it, if, if you can see it as just like a view thing, that'd be awesome mm -hmm. if they can just view mm -hmm. where they're at in the progress. But I use mm -hmm. it internally. Uh, so I'm not letting anything fall through the cracks. And I think we talked about this before on, yeah. I don't know what episode it was, but just to make sure like, okay, it says right here, June 15th, I have to send a welcome email to this client. And then once mm -hmm. I do it, I hit the drop down, go down to the next step, which is, uh, you know, after I send a welcome email, I'll create the folder structure on frame.io or create it on Google drive or whatever you're using. And that needs to be done on June 16th or whatever it might be. So I've been using Asana to keep things in order as far as mm -hmm. the, uh, onboarding process, but it goes beyond the onboarding onto the actual client management and uh, the shoot, the pre-production, the post-production. And honestly, I've, I've really enjoyed my time with that. So are you, it seems like you're liking Asana then. That's good. Yeah. I, I mean, I just signed up. I had a 30 day free trial and I, so you pay for, so you're paying for whatever or for Asana? Can, is it not? Is it not free after the 30 days? Like there isn't like a free version? Um, I'm not sure. I just, I doubt it. Oh, fuck. Fuck. But one <laughs> one user's 12 bucks, 15 bucks, I oh, think. Oh, man. Yeah. So it's somewhere in there. Um, I pay for two years users because Shimki, who's working for me, is on there too. So he can figure out what the hell tasks he needs to accomplish. But no, I'm, I don't think it's free. Damn. I think Monday's got a free version then. Damn, they I, might, didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that you had to pay. Oh, well. It's horrible news. I'm, del I'm delivering you here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So yeah. sad, man. But, but uh, yeah, I like, the, I like the idea of having like a template and then just walking through the whole process of what you got to do for each one and then just duplicate it whenever you get a new client onboarded. I like that idea. 
Yeah. And it's super like ever since I implemented it a month ago, I have been on the ball with what needs to be accomplished and you can just change the due dates. So it's like edit project or send project to editor. I know that's coming up on July 15th might be a month and a half away, but every single day I'm going to see it. And then the day it shows up, it's just going to say today. And so you go, go in there, click your overall, see what tasks need to be done today. Um, Prioritize them by whatever one matters the most. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I've really, I've really enjoyed Asana because before I wasn't using anything, um, I didn't really have a process, but now I think the onboarding process is super, super crucial. Oh yeah, it definitely is. I know, especially at work, we, we use, a like our, I don't know. I don't even know anymore. Our, our onboarding process has changed so much. It used to be like a 90 day process, which is a long time to onboard someone like from you signing the contract to nine, three months like that, that seems pretty long. So it's like, how do you shorten that as much as possible? So yeah, yeah that does seem really crucial. Long. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's quarter of a year. Yeah. Ooh. Don't, I recommend don't do a 90 day onboarding process. <laughs> I try to get my onboarding done within a week um, of everything I can. So Oh yeah, twenty nine seconds, twenty nine <laughs> minutes. Got to reset yeah. the camera, but I do try to. I do try to get my onboarding done uh, within a week. Yeah, I. It's. I think that's a good tip if you are onboarding with a specific client or you have a business where you do have to onboard clients. Try and make that as close to zero as possible without compromising, like quality. So. If you got to compromise quality, like you got to look at the trade-off, but I I would try and get that as close to zero as possible. Obviously, you're not going to be able to get zero because the client's got to do stuff and you got to send stuff. So I think just trying to make the onboarding process as quick and easy and seamless as possible. Yeah, I, I try I try to stack as many different tasks as I can in one day. So there's my own onboarding process. I guess we can kind of just hop into it uh, after uh, the sales process, which is a whole nother thing. Uh, after the contract is signed, uh, pen to paper and I get it. The first step that I go through is sending them a welcome email, which is just another thing I'll recommend is using automated uh, templates or automated emails. Uh, so what I have there is once that once that client signs right after, I'll shoot them an email that says, welcome to Bennett Creative Media. And in that email, it just says, hey, uh, thanks so much for wanting to work with us. Here's a quick onboarding form, which is just a Google uh, Forms form. Uh, So they go in, fill that out. In there is a quick video. I think it's like 40 seconds explaining uh, working together and what that's going to be. And then they have a schedule link below that to schedule a kickoff call, which is pretty much the call that goes through all of the ideation processes. It's good to set expectations, which is another good thing on why you want to be onboarding is because you need to set expectations of who's doing what up front, what you're getting as the client, what we're getting as the business. Because if you don't do that, uh, you get into some hairy situations. But yeah, I send that welcome email right away and then kind of go into the rest of the onboarding, which is sending a welcome gift. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Mm-hmm. I just do a handwritten card and then I do a little Photoshop picture of me handing them a <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize um, and it has their little business, uh, their logo on it. 
and just says, hey, this is a future picture of us winning Nobel Peace Prize for the project we're about to shoot. Super excited about it. Whatever. Um, I've only Have sent you got a, any feedback from that yet? No, I've only sent a few of them and no one said anything. Um, but I think it's a little Probably fun like, addition. What is this clown? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but something that shows that, hey, you know, if you want to send them a gift basket or whatever it is, uh, come up with your own mm-hmm. welcome gift. And then right after that, I send or I create a folder structure and all the backend uh, frame.io. So when I do get to finishing the project, uh, I can upload the end files there. I can upload all the documents, the contracts, the invoices, everything goes in there. So I set that up right away. And those are three things that I can do on day one. So your onboarding might have 15 tasks, but I can send the welcome email, send the welcome gift and create a folder structure all within you know 15 minutes. Uh, after that, hosting a kickoff call, that kind of happens when it happens. Uh, go through all of the things that we need to talk about. I just have a template keynote for that as well. So might take you some upfront legwork to get the stuff ready for your onboarding process. But I have a keynote that we walk through for every client, pretty much going over goals and expectations uh, and making it super simple. After that, blocking off the the time slots for production and post-production, put those in the calendar so you don't forget about it. I know I talked about that on a previous episode is setting deadlines. Even if they don't give you a deadline, get it in the calendar because then you won't forget about it. And then after that, go ahead, staff the production with any crew and talent you need, draft all your pre-production documents, and then you are ready to shoot. So really, uh, it, it could be a two-day onboarding process, but depending on the back and forth of communicating with the client, them booking the kickoff call, uh, staffing your crew, seeing if they're available, drafting the pre-production documents, whether that's an extensive voiceover or a shot list or a storyboard, uh, you can get this pretty done or you can get this done pretty quickly. It just really depends on the client. But yeah, like you said, the quicker, the better. Tyler, your turn to talk because there's a lot of talking. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know what to talk about. I think you covered a lot of stuff there and a lot of stuff that you do in your onboarding process. And like I said earlier, I'm, I, I think it's also on individual basis as well, because not every business is going to be, say, a video production company or a digital marketing company. You might have some landscapers, you might have some plumbers, whereas there might not be as much of an onboarding process. But if there is, I feel like the key thing is just to have systems in place. And it seems like you are doing a really good job with having those systems in place to be able to have a smooth, have a seamless onboarding process. You know what you're doing, you know what the client has to do, and then setting deadlines too. I know you you mentioned setting expectations. I'm terrible at that. I, I, I always like over deliver. And like when I was working on my own and I didn't have an account manager, I was communicating with the clients and honestly, they would email me and I would email them right back. And now, now that I have an account manager, it's like they're setting expectations. It's like, you got to expect to not hear from me like within like a few hours or whatever. I'm like, I'm just like sitting there. It's like, respond. (laughs) It's so, yeah, I'm terrible at uh, setting expectations and with clients. I don't know how you do it, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't used to set expectations. I'd have them internally in my head of what I thought the expectations were of like, Hey, uh, don't call me five times at nine o'clock at night. I just kind of assumed those were common things, but talking about expectations do, up front. Do clients do that? Uh, have I've clients had done that some. Too? Yeah. Really? Wow. 
Yeah. Some people are just overbearing, man. And it's usually the people that don't have very much money, believe it or not. Yeah. It's that, that you always hear that. It's the 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 clients that have more money are the best clients. Oh, 100 percent Because they just I think it's because they understand how it should be. Uh but yeah, I mean, up front, I like to talk about like, hey, here's our process. First of all, tell us how we're work together. So it's like we're gonna walk through, we go through pre-production, production, post-production, whatever. And then also talk about, hey, we need this stuff from you. We need your deliverables. We need your logos, your fonts, your color scheme, your brand guidelines, whatever it is up front. If we don't get this stuff, we might not hit our deadlines. So that's an expectation. Mm. Uh, another expectation, uh, we need revisions from you after five business days. You know, if we're trying to hit your deadlines, we need your revisions in a timely manner, whether it's three days or five days, or whatever it is. Uh, another expectation talking about up front, uh, we need 50% of the money before we shoot anything or before we even start pre-production. That's something I do. So uh, we cutting you off here. Sorry. No, you're good. How do you, how do you set expectations? Like with those deadlines, like how do you, what if they miss them? What, like, how do you try to make sure that they stay on track to be able to hit them? I think one it's talking about upfront. So I talk about all this in the kickoff call upfront saying, Hey, and I always say before in the, pre-production meeting, whatever it is, is what are your deadlines? Is your video deadline? You need this done by July 11th. Cool. Okay. So then in the kickoff call, when we're talking about expectations, I'll say, you know, we're going to deliver the video to you by June 25th. We need your final revisions by June 30th in order to hit your deadline of July 11th. And then you talk with the client say, if we are not getting that from you, You'll obviously get that from us. You will get the video by June 25th. That's what the expectation you can have of us. But our expectation is you get us the revisions. If not, we're not responsible for you missing any deadlines. So we're not going to work extra overtime because you are missing uh, the deadlines that we're talking about in this meeting. And you don't have mm-hmm. to say it like super like intimidating, but just mm-hmm. say, hey, we mm-hmm. need those. Uh, the reason we need it is because if, if you don't get it to us in time, we're not going to be able to hit the deadline that you want to hit. And we're, yeah. we don't want to be responsible for that. We want, obviously, everything to go smoothly. So just talking about that up front helps a ton rather than sending the video and then not telling them when you need it back. And then you get it three days beforehand. And it's like, fuck, now I got to edit this uh, at night when I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, hanging out with my family, whatever it is. So I think just talking about it up front, just being super open, super transparent of, hey, this is when we need stuff from you. Same with invoicing. I always talk about up front, hey, we're going to need 50% before the project starts. And then you have 30 days after we send you the video that says, awesome. Thanks so much for working with us. We're good to go. You have 30 days after that to pay the invoice. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just talking about it up front because if you just send an invoice after, and then the 30 days is on the invoice, sometimes they're like, ah, oh, whatever, screw it. But if you tell them up front, Hey, you have 30 days after 30 days, we're going to charge you. Then it's like, okay, well, we talked about them a little. Yeah, we talked about this in the beginning. It's not like it's a hidden thing. You couldn't have missed it because I literally told you I got confirmation from you that you're good with that. So I think it's just those things up front uh, need to be talked about. And it's like you said, I think a lot of people think it's almost like scary or how do I go about that? It's just it's better for both party parties. And that's what I lead with. It's, it's to save your butt and it's to save my butt too. Because if I miss that June 25th edit, when I promised you the video, now you have something yeah. to hold me accountable. Yeah. Yeah. One of our clients that we have, they're like, you need to set a set, set deadlines for us. And then obviously that's going to motivate them to actually get it done. Because if you don't set a deadline, 
they don't really have a timeline to get it done. So it's like, I'll get it done when I get it done. So that yeah. might be a week, that might be a month, that might be three months. So they're like, set deadlines and tell us exactly when you want it. So like the tough thing that comes to me, it's like, I don't know how long you need to edit this, like, or look at revisions or whatever it is. It's like, is two weeks enough? Is one week enough? Like, <laughs> I don't want to rush you or whatever. So that's when it comes back on me where it's like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. And that's where, you know, it's very judgment based. I think in the beginning, uh, you know, if you're talking about, I had one client that I shot a project for two months ago and they said, we have no deadline. Just get us the video when we get it to you. Okay. Well now it's been two months. I haven't even touched it. I did finish it mm -hmm. today, mm -hmm. but it's like, if I, I didn't have a deadline, so why would I ever do it? You know? So that's right. where I've started to tell my clients, you know, I know you don't need it at a certain time, but you need to give me a date. Otherwise it's not going to get done. When and, would you like it by? Yeah. And, and then you have to know internally if they say we want it in two weeks, that might not be doable. You know, our editing log might be backed up too far. We can't accomplish that. So you also have to know what is your, what's it like? How much work do you have right now? What's doable? Are you about four to six weeks out? Okay. Then you can plan some deadlines around that. Uh, can you get it to them quicker? Awesome. But yeah, like you said, deadlines, super important. Cause if you don't have them, it goes into, oh, I'll get it done when I get it done. And that always turns out to be literally never. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the huge importance with deadlines. And I know you just mentioned that one deadline with your project, but you also had another project with the same thing where it didn't have a deadline like, Hey, when can we expect this? And it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. So, yeah. The deadlines light a fire under your ass. And that actually ties into what we were talking about at the start with, uh, your Vegas trip and you got all these calls booked or you got all these projects booked. And whenever I'm, I was on the road trip in my last, before my last days, it was always my busiest days because I had that deadline. And I was thinking about this at the same time when I was, I think when I was leaving Minot, I was like, man, deadlines are crucial. It just makes you get shit done. It lights a fire under you. So yeah. yeah. And that's why I almost try to over-exaggerate my deadlines. And to pair off the deadlines, uh, the nice part about the deadlines and invoicing 50% up front, which I recommend, is that if those deadlines keep getting pushed back and keep getting pushed back and missed and missed and the client's just almost dodging you, well, you have 50% of the money, right? So it's mm -hmm. on them. Like they paid you 50% up front. If they don't want to finish the project, whatever, they paid you for half of it. So that's where you can get into a sketchy situation. Uh, if you don't get any money up front and uh, you shoot something and now you're waiting for revisions and they won't get back to you and the deadline keeps getting back, it's like, okay, I just did all this work they're dodging me. I haven't got any money from this. And that's where you start to get a little bit salty. So that's why I think the deadlines with the 50% up front is a good combo. I'm going to ask for some advice here. Do you, I know for you specifically, so when you get the 50%, is that basically saying, okay, I'll do everything. And then do you deliver the deliverable and then they send the remaining 50% or do they how does that work? And do you recommend, say, other types of companies, say, like digital marketing companies or landscapers or other type of pro or service-based businesses to get 50% upfront? Yeah. I mean, 50% upfront, I think is, you should do that if you're in most service businesses. Um, obviously, there's some, but like the marketing world, digital marketing, if we use that, for example, 50% upfront if it's a one-off project, but I know 50% or not 50%, but I know marketing are usually on a retainer basis where how I would go about it is okay. At the beginning of the month, I'm going to bill you 
if that's not paid by the end of the month, we're not, the services are paused for the next month until we get payment. You know what I mean? So then they can't be on this three month backlog of, of paying those bills. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 50% up front. Usually I do that just to cover my own butt. And when I do deliver it, I've, I've only ever had one semi issue with delivering the files before the second 50% got paid and it ended up being paid anyways. It was just two months later than I wanted it to be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I know some companies where they'll pay 50% upfront after they finish the video, they'll send it to you with a watermark on it. But before you can get it released to you, the other 50% has to get paid, but I've never had any issues with that. Uh, most of my clients are pretty good about that. What are your thoughts on watermarks? I don't use them. I mean, yeah, I'll, I mean, if you want to use it without paying me, I'll just blast you online. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just, at that point you have to be willing to enforce the contract. Yeah. So have you ever had to pursue legal issues with contract or clients? No, no. I mean, there's been one instance, like I said, where they paid two months late. The lady won't answer me where I was finally going to be like, I, don't even know how to do this. I don't know how to even start enforcing a contract. Uh, and then they paid it like a week later. And then another, another company, I, that there was some legal, nothing was enforced, but, um, there, the contract was in place and then it wasn't paid. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's times when you might have to enforce it, but I have not really had any issues where, I'm taking anyone to court or collections or anyone like, or anything like that. Cause a lot of times you can use, just use the contract to force their hand and say, Hey, we signed a contract. Like, do, yeah. do you want to take this to court? Like, do you want to bring in yeah. legal action? I feel like it's better to just not. And I like, depending on the size of it, just be like, all right, fuck it, whatever Yeah, you can have it. Just, Move Don't on. talk to me anymore. But, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, if it's a, it's a hundred thousand dollar project, that might be a little bit different, but you know, if you have a, yeah. if you have a $2,000 project and they pay half up front and then they won't pay the second half, is it yeah. worth it to go through all that for a thousand dollars? Probably not, but you know, a hundred K and they owe you $50,000 might be a little bit different of a story. Definitely. Yeah. But I mean, the I importance of, you know, kind of round tripping all of this information we're throwing at you guys Really, it's giving you a better client experience. They're going to, it's going to seem like you're more professional. They're going to trust you more because they're actually going through something and it feels a little bit more cohesive rather than just a mess of, I don't even know what's going on in the process of working with these guys. So that's really what the onboarding process is doing. And it's making you more efficient on the back end, making everything into one specific process where you're not going to forget a step. Every single client's the same exact uh, process that you're putting them through. And nothing's different. So that's why I enjoy it. Uh, make sure everything's on track and everything's getting done the way it needs to be. And it does elevate that client experience. So so I know you have been recently putting in a lot of work with your systems and all that stuff. How, how was it compared to like when you first started out with say onboarding? I don't know if like you did much onboarding or you just showed up the day of and it was just like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. So, I mean, I did, I did some onboarding. I used to go through the back end of my website uh, and created a little pitch deck on there. That would be com backslash new frame. And then they could go there and read it. And that was about the only uh, process that I had and the only client experience thing that I had. And then once they agreed to do the deal, 
I kind of just started coming up with the ideas and the meetings were all different. Sometimes I'd call them and say, Hey, here's the idea. Sometimes I'd put a storyboard together and be like, here's what the idea looks like. Sometimes it'd be an in-person meeting where we're talking about ideas. So it was all over the map. And honestly, it's stressful on me, the business owner. It's cause like, I don't know where I'm at with this client. What was the last thing I did? But if you do implement these uh, processes, it does make it much easier. Cause now I know client a, we need the pre-production documents by Friday. That's yeah. cold cut. That's what it is. Uh, you don't have to worry like, oh, shit, did I send them a welcome email? So, yeah, I mean, in the beginning, right. I wasn't doing much of any onboarding at all. But now that <laughs> I've implemented it, I think it's made things a lot more efficient and elevated their experience on their end. Yeah, because I was just thinking about it because even the wedding videographer that I work with, he has like a whole onboarding process as well where he sends out a PDF document to the couple and they fill it out, any details, stuff, the, and then it's just getting all the prep and everything down. So, yeah, it's just it seems a little bit more like onboarding than I kind of thought, especially for videographers. But I don't know. Do you have anything else to throw in there for onboarding? I don't think so. I mean, I think that onboarding is important. If you have a, a service-based business, <laughs> you're going to learn through it. So don't think your your first onboarding process is going to be perfect. There's going to be things you want to add, things you want to remove, things you need to talk about the clients. So get something down and then work off of that and start to hone in that uh, process, perfect that process as you move along. Actually, one thing that I would say, I actually just heard it is if you are going through like an onboarding process, have say a friend pretend to go through the actual onboarding process to see where are the kinks, what's troubling them or what's yeah. slowing down, how to speed it up and just have them actually go through the process. And it's like a test type of run. Stress and it just made me think like, yeah, exactly. I was just thinking of like, Maybe me and you could do that and you could just let me try and onboard and then I'll just go through the process of everything that I need to get to where to have like for the end process. So that just made me think of that. And so, yeah, I, think that's, I mean, that's a good, good, good option. Definitely test your stuff because I remember I started uh, the first time I implemented some sort of software to invoice people. Every invoice I sent was fucked up and I didn't test it. So they, they couldn't even pay it or anything. Uh, and then after I figured that out, I was like, oh, I should have sent that to myself or a friend and tested it first. So make sure you stress test your processes before actually implementing them with a client. Uh, I know that I did that with the new Google Forms with you and the video and everything. Uh, so, yeah, just call your mom or a friend or someone that's willing to just be a dummy and walk through it. Uh, and it's, it's going to save you in the long run. But other than that, yeah. that's what we got for onboarding. If you guys have any questions about onboarding or, you know, recommendations or, you know, really ask us anything. It's got to be in the Discord, though. Uh, so <laughs> join the Discord yeah. to ask us in there. <laughs> Reach out to us. We'll get you in there. It's exclusive. It's exactly. growing. Exactly. Uh, let's get into this week's business idea. It is my turn. Perf schedule is what I'm calling it. I think I had the idea last week on the podcast uh, and I'm bringing it here this week. I know you guys have been itching to hear it, but <laughs> the perf schedule is one thing that I've realized sucks up a lot of time is scheduling all this content. And I think you mentioned this might be already a thing, but ideally I would like a platform or an AI of some sort where uh, you have all the platforms, let's say LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, let's just say those four, maybe TikTok, and you can upload your video. Mm. Let's say it's a vertical video, 60 seconds. Uh, there's a section mm -hmm. super user-friendly, upload the video, upload the thumbnail, 
that you have for the applicable platforms. So Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, maybe TikTok. Shorts. I don't think. You get, yeah. And um, LinkedIn, I think you can do it too. And then you write your description and your caption. You maybe even have an option to change the captions depending on the platform. So let's say there's five little buttons you can click. Yep. Instagram, here's the Instagram caption. TikTok, here's the TikTok caption. And then yep. you can schedule those times on there yep. all yep. on one platform. So yep. I can post them all on one, do it on one browser, one interface, and then it's good to go for all my platforms. I don't know how that's not a thing yet. Maybe it is, but I feel like... I don't know. I'm sure there's there's stuff out there that I've tried to use and it's not exactly what I'm looking for. I literally need just one one page. I don't want to click through a bunch of stuff. One page, it should have a button to click your video, a button for the thumbnail, button for the <laughs> captions, and then you're good to go. Simple simple user interface. That's yeah. like look at Google as simple as possible. Yeah. And then if you want to upload, you know, if you want to do 7 of those a week, 7 every day you want to post, it might take you 10 minutes a week to go in there, post all the videos and you're good to go. Yeah. I, so have you, have you heard of Zapier? This isn't actually the idea that I thought you, when you came when you put the name in there, the name made me think of something else. I thought it, I thought it was like rearranging your schedule because I'm pretty sure we were talking about Google calendar. So it like optimizes and rearranges your calendar. But have you heard of Zapier? I've heard of the name, but I don't even know what the product or service is. So it's pretty much that I just don't know if it has all the platforms on it. So that, so it, I, I know for sure it has like Facebook, maybe Instagram, probably LinkedIn, maybe Twitter is my guess. Uh, HubSpot has a couple. So like a lot of these platforms do have them, but they don't have all of them on there. But I was just thinking like when you were saying it, because I know some platforms you can have like buttons on it, say LinkedIn, Facebook, but you can't have it on say TikTok instagram so it's like a separate section it's like you want to bring them to say a youtube video say you want to bring them to a landing page say you want to bring them to a blog page there's like a little section for like website link or whatever it is and then you put it in there and then for any applicable social media page that actually uses websites it'll insert that as well at the very bottom so that's just another thought that i had that could be maybe added into it because I know you mentioned different captions for each platform so you could differ it. But yeah, I think that would be another option. Like even hashtags too. I think like, I'll, and then you could like choose which ones, maybe there's like a checkbox. It's like choose which ones that you want the, this on. I don't yeah. Know. And I think it's a lot of platforms are semi there. Like, yeah, like you said, HubSpot. And there's another one that I used to use to schedule posts. I can't remember what it was called, but they're there and they're kind of clunky and it's not exactly how I'd like it, where if I could just create this one page exactly how I wanted it to, all the mm-hmm. permissions and everything, maybe even pull up the Instagram format, because I know some of those platforms, you can't add the audio from Instagram. You can't mm-hmm. change the slider. So all that gets funky. But if you could do that mm-hmm. for one, just one page, make it super user-friendly, man, I'd pay 50 bucks a month for that. Because honestly, it's I'm paying someone right now to do that stuff. And if I could just eliminate that task, I don't know. Yeah, but then you would you would still have to do it though. But yeah, but it frees up so much time, whether either for me or the employee, because if the employee is taking 20 hours a week to do that stuff, if it can take him an hour, now I have 19 hours for him to do something else. You know what I mean? Fair. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Um, obviously it's not a thing in a perfect world. It would be, um, maybe I'll just have to get a engineer to do it for me. I like it. So maybe one day, one day we doubt it, but we'll try. <laughs> so you got anything else on, uh, onboarding? No, I think that's everything. You got your quote ready to go. I do. Boom. That's episode 41 of The Midnight Entrepreneur. If you have any questions you'd like us to cover or answer, email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. If you found value in this content or found this entertaining, share this with a friend or post it on your story. If you really enjoyed the show, we'd love a rating and a review wherever you're listening. Talk to you guys next week for another episode of The Midnight Entrepreneur. You must find the place inside yourself where nothing is impossible. Brian Wiener.